Welcome to Human Impact Stories, hosted by Eileen Sweeney and Amy McGuire, two business leaders with background in corporate social responsibility and community outreach. More than human interest, these stories have human impact. And now, Human Impact Stories. Hi, I'm Eileen Sweeney, and welcome to Human Impact Stories, where we present stories that inspire, educate, and celebrate. In each episode, our guests share what they are doing to make an impact. And I am Amy McGuire, and today's guest is Rogan Donnelly, president of the Turvis Company, the makers of reusable drinking cups. In this episode, you will hear Rogan speak about Turvis, leadership, and the company's commitment to sustainability for the environment. So let's start where I ask Rogan about their sustainability mission. For me, uh, when I think of Turvis, you know, uh, I've been to your homepage and I really love what it said on your sustainability where it said it's one thing to say sustainability in bold text on your homepage. It's another to actually take action. And it says that your mission is simple, to take responsibility for the products you put out there instead of leaving the burden on the, the customer. So maybe we can start out by um, you telling us about that being a mission and, and how that came to be. Yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely, I'm, I'm happy to talk about it. So, uh, you know, we were, we were fortunate. So Turbis has been around for since 1946 and our value proposition has been to make products that last a lifetime. And originally when my grandfather started the company, what that meant was that it didn't, that it didn't break, um, didn't scratch, uh, there wasn't leaking, there wasn't condensation. So that was more kind of, um, that value proposition was more to adapt to the lifestyle and the, and the use of the tumbler. Uh, however, uh, that value proposition has stayed true uh, and it's evolved over the years uh, with uh, different environmental and, and social changes. So that same cup that was made in 1946 is made to last uh, until now. And, uh, and what that means is, you know, it, it doesn't end up in a landfill, uh, doesn't end up in our oceans um, or uh, anywhere else in, in the environment. Um, so we've uh, been very fortunate that that uh, emphasis on quality um, has uh, evolved over the years, but the same message is true. So uh, we, we joke internally that uh, Turvis was sustainable before it was cool uh, because we've had that quality. We've had that lifetime guarantee. So we, uh, we, we never want to end up in uh, uh, any landfills or any oceans, certainly. And uh, we want to be uh, with, with the consumer and uh, in your cabinets and, and in your homes forever. So my choice of kind of China is Turvis, but you can see this, this cup, and this was not planned. I drink from it every day. It's almost 13 years old and it's when you all introduce the big ones, right? We'll get a picture later, but I have to tell you, there's no cracks. I wash it, I dry it. And what you've done, and as we've continued to learn about your company is really amazing. You've made some transitions too. Can you talk about that and also talk about yourself? How did you um, grow up in this company? Sure. Um, so I am the president and third generation owner. Um, so my grandfather uh, started the business. Um, he uh, he actually had a few businesses. He had the Winslow Life Raft Company and the Winslow Rifle Company, um, all uh, that were actually based uh, in, in, in Florida. 
Um, and uh, he, I think, uh, again, without knowing it, uh, he kind of collected and manufactured lifestyle brands. Uh, the the joke in the family is that he liked to hunt. So he had a rifle company. He liked to sales. He had a life raft company. And of course, he liked to drink. So he, he had a cup company. Um, but um, but he started the, the, the company uh, uh, back. Uh, he took over in about the 60s. Uh, and then my father, he took over in the 80s. Um, and then that's when just a lot, a lot changed as far as everything, as far as uh, the Turvis, the, the marketplace um, uh, distribution. So our, uh, I'm, I'm, of course, skipping a lot, but we had a, a, a lot of luck with our designs. Um, it started as the, uh, the emblems, which is inside the cup. Um, and then it evolved to what we refer to as wraps, which is really a 360 design. And now we're even evolving to um, printing directly on the cup uh, in between the two walls still. Uh, but we've used a, a plant-based uh, ink in between the two walls, uh, which, uh, which is really the, the next evolution. Although all, all of those decorations I just mentioned are, are still available. Um, so uh, we had a, a lot of success with our decorations, uh, also our customization, meaning that if you're a company or if you're a family and if you want to upload a photo or a picture or send in an emblem or have us design something for you, Again, either corporate or, or personal, we can do that as well. Uh, and our licenses really took off uh, too in, in kind of uh, my father's era. Um, so we, uh, with, with that and, and a few other uh, uh, successes, we got a huge dis distribution into Bed Bath & Beyond. Um, this is probably in the early 2000s when they were really growing um, exponentially. So we were able to share a lot of that growth and we had a, a lot of great distribution there. Um, and I came into the picture around, I graduated uh, from Bowdoin College up in Maine in 2008. Uh, and I worked in Boston um, at Bank of America in the private wealth for just about a year. It was 2008. So I learned a lot, but maybe not the best to be in uh, private wealth management uh, at that time. And then came back to the company in 2009, which was very fortunate. You know, I was able to apply some of my uh, uh, learnings from a larger, much larger corporate uh, setting to a small family-run business. Um, and uh, at the time in 2009, we were experiencing a, a lot of growth. Uh, and we're, again, very fortunate that our core, our value proposition, our product, our people, our consumers were really what drove us and, and, and what we credit all of our access to. So it was exciting to be uh, in, that, in that era where we had uh, amazing growth. Um, so fast forward to when I took over, I took over in 2016 uh, and we had uh, the environment absolutely changed. Uh, it seems like it changes every 10 years or so, um, but we were faced with a lot of competition, uh, a lot of uh, innovative products. So we had for years been a uh, reusable plastic uh, cup company. And then, of course, you have some uh, of the larger competitors out there. Um, where stainless steel vacuum insulated became, became extremely popular. So we were faced with the, uh, with the difficult choice of, okay, how do we uh, change our company in order to meet consumer needs? Um, and it was, uh, you know, again, we were fortunate. We, you know, we had our value proposition where we are um, customized, decorated, um, a licensed uh, a product, but nowhere in there does it say um, plastic. So we were able to roll out our, you know, with some with some innovative technologies, we're able to import stainless steel and decorate uh, just essentially just the same. Um, so we've been extremely fortunate that we're able to less not, uh, rest on our morals, look at our value proposition, um, look backwards. And now moving forward, uh, we've had uh, the stainless steel businesses doing extremely well. 
um, it's growing quickly and, uh, and we're able to really differentiate and keep our high, high quality um, and, our, and our premium brand uh, through a few, few moderations. But, uh, but it's been, uh, you know, it's been absolutely a whirlwind. I, you know, I, I learned a lot. I'm, you know, I took over when I was uh, 31 and I'm 35 now. And I tell my team all the time, I say, listen, I, I, I learned from you. <laughs> you, you all are telling me what to do and I'm learning from you all every day. Um, and uh, I've been very fortunate to have an extremely good team, very loyal and very dedicated to the brand. Uh, and of course, uh, our consumer base has been just nothing but, but positive to the changes um, that, that we've been taking. And of course, I think they really appreciate this emphasis on, on our sustainability um, has really gone a long way with, with folks at all. But, uh, but yeah, that's a, a long-winded uh, kind of personal, uh, excuse me, professional um, uh, background to uh, how it was that uh, I got started at Tervis and, and where the company is today. So um, a few questions I would have. One is, you mentioned your team. How, how big is the team at Tervis? My executive team consists of myself and three other people, um, and they're wow. all chiefs. And then underneath them is a leadership team, which is about um, 10 to 12 people. Um, and then, you know, then it goes uh, much deeper after that. But uh, we, uh, you know, my, my big thing, you know, being young, coming in at 31, I ask questions all the time, uh, all the time, always have and probably always will. Um, so I really wanted to make sure that the communication was there, that we knocked down a lot of the silos, a lot of bureaucracy. Um, you know, there's, of course, there's a lot of perceived negatives with a, um, the, the owner's son, so to speak, coming into the company. However, I really felt that was a benefit for the team because, uh, you know, I, I'm not concerned with what my title is. I'm not concerned with what, um, you know, my, my teammates title is. You know, we've just got to work together to, to get to the bottom of, uh, of any problems that we encounter. Um, so we were able to knock down a lot of silos and build up a, lo a lot more communication where it's, you know, OK, they're everyone's marching in the same direction. We've set the strategic plan. We set the vision. Uh, now let's work together, communicate and, and get the and get the job done. I, I have a question. What was your grandfather's name? John C. Winslow. OK. And so um, as a child, were you also involved in the company? I mean, d did you literally grow up? around these products and I, I, I did unfortunately I never met my grandfather which is a which is a shame he was a, an avid outdoorsman which I consider myself to be as well and uh, and, and traveled quite a bit and a big boater which I'm, I'm a huge boater as well um, so unfortunately I never got to meet him however um, yes absolutely uh, you know I would work on in the summers I would work in the uh, the manufacturing area um, and you know in the in the Florida heat which was miserable but, <laughs> but that's okay. Um, we did have an air conditioning, which my dad liked to remind me that the, the <laughs> facility was air conditioning. So thanks. Thanks for that. Dad. Um, but uh, but yes. And, uh, you know, they they talk a lot in family businesses where if you're sitting around the dinner table, the family business is the third child or the third aunt or the third uncle. So uh, it was certainly always a, a topic of conversation, um, family gatherings uh, or, or or outside family gatherings. But it was always uh, uh, top of mind. Uh, and, uh, you know, you really. Uh, you know, when, when you grow up uh, in that scenario in, in a family business where you're surrounded by the company, uh, it's almost like you get uh, doctrinated in very, very easily. So uh, uh, just a quick story. I was um, at a, a, some, a sleepover at someone's house and, uh, and they were pouring me a glass of water, or a glass of milk or something. And I was so confused. You know, what is this? You know, this is this is glass. This isn't a turbis tub. I, I don't I don't understand. You know, glass is used for different occasions. I just I just want something to drink. So, I'm, you know, I was petrified. I thought I was going to break it. I thought I was going to slip out of my hands. So 
Um, anyway, it was a little bit of a, a wake up call to say, okay, there's not, not every single household uh, has service tumblers. Although in my opinion, they should, but, uh, but not everyone does. Your products appear to be for all ages and can be used in all walks of life. My mother, who's in her late 70s, loves your products, and she has many of them, including her favorite ones that have her monogram. Her friends in Kentucky are also really big fans. So you're obviously a brand that is cross-generations. You've said Tervis is moving in the direction of sustainability and across product lines. Does your consumer know that? And secondly, how do you measure that? Yeah, that's that's a great question. So, um, uh, a few a few places to start. So, uh, I'm uh, uh, you know personally, I'm a I'm a dive master. I, I love being out in the water, under the water, in the water. Um, and uh, you know, uh, I, I dove the Great Barrier Reef, which uh, maybe six years ago, and it was sad. I mean, it was dark, it was dismal. It, you know, they talk, talk about coral bleaching and. There was not a lot of um, live bottom uh, there at all, and and uh, and I go to the Keys often, uh, and again it's the same. it's almost you know you, you you get used to seeing that the bleach coral and and, and uh, you know and the pollution in the water. From a, a personal point of view, um, you know I, we we knew we had to do something, and uh, you know we got um, uh, there's clearly there is the association with turbis and plastic drinkware. Uh, and we've had to do a lot of education for the consumer what plastic means. Um, if you were to ask a uh, millennial what a plastic means, you know, they would immediately be turned off and say, well, well, that's a bad word. That's hurting the environment, which I don't necessarily disagree on it, in, uh, until you define exactly what type of plastic that is. So um, absolutely agree that the disposable plastic and the microplastics, that's that's definitely something that, uh, you know, we made it our mission to keep out of the oceans and, and, and keep safe for the environment. Um, however, we, the education that we've been doing is propping up our, um, our products and, and our plastic product that is made to last a lifetime. Uh, and we've been using certain campaigns such as the Fill This, uh, Not Oceans campaign, which is where we encourage uh, people to take their turvis tumbler with them to a coffee shop or a sports game or essentially anywhere where they will let you have an outside drinking vessel. Um, to refill it, reuse it, uh, and that way that we can avoid the uh, disposable plastic cups uh, that are out there. Um, and when you when you buy a, a Tervis, um, it's made to last a lifetime. If there are any issues with it, you can send it back. We'll replace it. And the uh, the where I was educated, and, and actually my my CFO, um, who's very passionate about this sustainability project as well, is that she uh, she informed me about a, a, a closed loop. Um, which you all might be familiar with. So she was very adamant about when we receive a turvis tumbler that's been returned for whatever reason, um, we now reuse that product and, and reuse that material and make it into something else. So we'll grind it and we'll mold it into clean it and then mold it into a, right now we have um, flower bases that we use. Um, and there's, uh, there's other things that, that aren't as exciting. I mean, there's, uh, we can use, uh, make them for certain packaging containers. So we can use them in different uh, areas. But, uh, of course, the more exciting is uh, those that we can um, either donate or, or resell. Um, for instance, one of the products that we regrind our material and make them into is park benches. So we uh, have a huge uh, program with the uh, Sarasota County in Florida that uh, we have about four or five um, benches that are going along the legacy trail that stretches from, I might get this wrong, but roughly from Venice to Sarasota. 
Um, and we're going to have uh, a bunch of our, our park benches there that are made from completely uh, recycled materials and, and recycled uh, turvis tumblers um, as well. So we're, uh, you know, that, that's something that one, it's uh, extremely popular because it's closed loop. Um, and uh, two, uh, you know, it's a good way to get our, our name out there and, uh, and to uh, highlight the efforts that Turvis is doing. Eileen and I have worked with some of the world's largest brands on community impact. A number of these companies are part of the zero waste revolution. Turvis has outlined their plan to be zero waste by 2022, meaning that as a manufacturer, by 2022, they will not be sending anything to the landfill. Turvis takes their reduce, reuse, and recycle model very seriously. They use craft paper instead of plastic for packaging. And Turvis has reached an 84% recycle rate. Also, Turvis recycles damaged or returned cups and scrapped materials in their products to create other products. For more information, go to www.turvis.com backslash sustainability. I'm wondering, what do your employees think about your commitment to the environment and the um, sustainability? It was very well received. I mean, you know, it was one of those where we we were really looking externally and, and looking at the consumer and following those trends. Um, and we were, uh, uh, I should say, pleasantly surprised how well it was received um, internally. Uh, they were they felt like they were part of the solution, not the problem, and they felt like they were really making a difference. So. Uh, we've had um, great, you know, and, and, you know, anytime you try to change something that we've been doing for years, uh, you know, there's, there's going to be some resistance. There's going to be some hiccups, you know, no, no one likes change. Uh, so we were, um, it was very encouraging. We had a lot of motivation that people were because the people were willing to make the changes um, because we, uh, uh, they saw the end result and they believed in our mission and our stance. And just a, a couple examples of some of the changes that we've made for the better. Um, we've gotten rid of our um, plastic uh, sleeves, is how we refer to them, but basically, pla- pa- uh, excuse me, plastic packaging. Uh, we use some recycled corrugated. Uh, we reuse all of our cardboard and corrugated boxes. Uh, we've even uh, gotten rid. Uh, we we now all have soda machines. So excuse me, soda fountains. So we've gotten rid of the soda machines. Um, and we've uh, just been encouraging the fill this campaign, not oceans, uh, inside our own walls as well. And it's, uh, again, the employers are very happy to be a part of the solution. One, one thing that um, we've certainly seen, um, both Amy and I also do consulting with companies uh, about their storytelling uh, around the good things that they do in the community. And uh, I hadn't thought about this, but we have a client that's uh, a bank. And for a long time, their employees all of a sudden were embarrassed to work for a bank. They're younger and the banks were negative and they were evil. And um, doing this kind of work really elevated uh, and giving, giving those employees the language to talk about what they really were doing, the differences they were making in the communities, the loans that were being made and all that uh, really helped internally. And I bet it's the same with, with your employees as well. You're giving them the language to talk about the good things and the unique things about your product that you're not, you know, ruining the environment. In fact, you're thinking about it differently. And I would think that would make a difference for right. I mean, when employees. It, no matter what the topic, when, when the team members feel empowered to make a difference, and if you can give them those tools and give them the, the vision and the direction, uh, you can really have some great results. 
Yeah. So what's next? What's next uh, when you think about um, the sustainability in, in your commitments? Uh, next for us would be more awareness. So we are, uh, you know, relatively small company. Uh, we have great awareness in the Southeast. Uh, we really want to get our, our messaging out there with our sustainable products um, uh, out to, to the rest of the country. We've, we certainly had some, um, some good success with that, with, uh, with our distribution, meaning our retailers, um, our Turvis.com, our on- online businesses, of course, uh, available throughout the country. Uh, but we really want to uh, inform the consumer uh, about that our sustainable, reusable plastics um, is, uh, is safe for the environment uh, and, and beneficial not only for you, uh, but also uh, where you use them and, and where you take them. So, uh, you know, we are uh, continuing, uh, as far as on the products, we are continuing to build out our stainless steel. Um, so that is, uh, that's, that's been very popular within the community. Um, so we are, we are looking uh, at ways to do that. And we continue to uh, work on um, reuse, reduce, and recycle um, all of our pl- pl- excuse me, plastic products uh, as well. So more reusable uh, products. I mentioned, I've talked about the park benches um, and the vases, uh, and there's a few more things that we can do to help, help drive awareness and to uh, keep our oceans clean and our environment safe. You know, we, we forgot to say this to you, but we really crafted a lot of this about a word. And so on each episode, we try to frame a word around the story. And Alina and I had so many for you. Mm-hmm. We fell on sustainability. And because in doing this CSR work for a long time, I will tell you, you're one of the best companies that not enough even know about. I like that you said awareness. And so I was thinking maybe our word is awareness because you've done it really quickly. I, I don't want to overuse the word pivot, but you literally have what I what I can see in the last six to seven years, you all have made this company so much more sustainable and, and maybe you've been doing it all along. So we think sustainable. We'd love to hear your thoughts on a word that you think would better describe sort of what you're doing. And then if you don't mind asking it, answer a second part that is what what kind of word do you live by do you have a either a favorite word or something that you try to live by oh okay um <laughs> i would say the word for tervis is certainly sustainability definitely works um uh although it uh it, it that i feel like recently the sustainability has been kind of overplayed um a little bit so uh you know i do and trying to narrow it down to one word might be might be difficult but um i would say authenticity uh, it's also a great work because we have been doing this since 1946. You know, we're not doing this to be trendy. We're, we, this is part of our value proposition, part of our heritage. Um, so, uh, so yeah, authenticity, um, sustainability, quality, you know, all, all certainly uh, uh, great words. Um, the word that I would use in my professional career and, and maybe even personal would be communication. You know, I, I absolutely think you have to have trust and communication. Um, and in my opinion, you can't over communicate. Now you can have way too many meetings, which I'm, I have been guilty of, but you can definitely have too many meetings. Um, but you have to be able to communicate and you have to be able to uh, voice your opinion um, unbiasedly. You know, I, I'm very fortunate. I have a, a very, very great team um, and they will t- they don't tell me what I want to hear that they tell me the facts, they tell me their opinions and they tell me um, uh, their options and my options. And and I credit that to just a very honest um, and uh, uh, team that communicates good or bad. Um, but uh, but no, I'm just teasing. But yes, communicate communication and communicating is, is extremely important. Today's episode was about sustainability, leadership, communication, and building awareness. 
we want to once again thank our guest, Rogan Donnelly, president of the Turvis Company. We hope you enjoyed hearing from this committed leader who is having a positive impact on the global community. Remember, hashtag fill this, not oceans. Thank you for listening to this episode of Human Impact Stories. And by the way, if you think you have a story that moves beyond human interest to human impact, please send it our way. And don't forget to download today's podcast. Human Impact Stories is produced by Jody Locke with technical support and editing provided by Kevin Tice.